The gang's all here. Another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. Thanks for finding us with Rob Woodford, Chris Chion, Dave Preston, George Wallace. Wow, we have a whole offensive line here this week. I'm Dave Johnson. Welcome aboard. Speaking of which, we're going to start with the Washington uh, football team. You know, those now Super Bowl contenders. It's it's a different uh, story. Uh, a week removed is somehow uh, we're able to pull out another Heineke heroics and get a win and go two and two, although perilously close to even 0 and 4. But having said all that, it's a Saints this week, uh, perhaps another chance to get well for this Washington football team because the Saints uh, certainly are, are not the, the Saints of yesteryear. George Wallace, we'll start with you. You were out at the Washington football team headquarters watching practice. Your thoughts, your take on what's going on? Well, I, I don't think many people are celebrating the win uh, last weekend because they know there are a lot of now, – now, granted – Anytime you win in, the, in any league, you take it and you move on, you're relieved and you're two and two. I get that. But this team's got a lot of work to do. Very easily could have gone the other way. It didn't. But uh, but now, you, you know, you, you finished the first quarter of the season. You're two and two. You got a Saints team that's not the Drew Brees, Michael Thomas not playing. You know, it's a different Saints team that just came off, though, losing to the Giants. That worries me a little bit because you know they're going to be ready to play. Uh, and, you know, okay, you could say, well, they're coming into your house. Well, let's be honest, your house is not really – that intimidating anymore, uh, you know, lowest attendance in the league right now. So a lot of things working against them right now, not to mention the injuries as well. So, you know, I, I think relieved to win last week, but I think that if you ask players to a man that they are not feeling that great about it because knowing how easily it could have gone the other way. And if they don't clean up some of these things, it will start to go the other way. Injuries, a big concern though, with John Bostic now gone for the year, Brandon Sheriff, who was not at practice earlier today, He's going to be out two or three weeks. Same with Logan Thomas, week to week. Uh, wide receiver position, a little thin. Curtis Samuel, day off. Uh, don't know the extent of that. Uh, we'll find out more. Ron Rivera has to say, but what, at the time of this taping, uh, did not participate in practice. So, uh, you know, a lot of work to do still with this team. Uh, I know, you know, Super Bowl contenders now at two and two. I get that. And if the playoffs didn't start today, yes, they would be the seventh seed facing the Cowboys at number two. The playoffs don't start today. So, uh, um, you know, a concern this weekend, they'll go in against the same team that's coming off of a loss. You know, Sean Payton's going to have those guys ready to play uh, Sunday at FedEx. All right. And again, I'll, I'll stay with the statement. I thought the Washington football team defense is going to get well against the Falcons. I predicted a 24 17 scoreline. I still believe this Washington offense is, you know, hope for 24 points somehow, some way. So, I, is it the question then? Do we think this Washington football team defense is going to get better in our lifetime? Uh, because uh, you hear Ron Rivera, uh, he, it makes it sound like it, it's discipline, it's it's do what they're told to do. It, it's all very fixable, it sounds like. Uh, Chris on your take. Personnel-wise in the secondary, I'm not really so sure they're up to the task. Even guys like Kendall Fuller are not really playing that well. Now, at the time of this recording, Stefan Gilmore is available. I would look to him, but I'm not exactly sure where that would fit in cap-wise if they could make a move like that. The pass rush has the personnel. They're there young, I think, over the course of a 17-game season. I believe a guy like Chase Young, he has some things technique-wise he needs to work on. Don't run past the quarterback. Try to work inside a little bit. And he's still young, learning how to maneuver with uh, professional offensive tackles. So I still do have faith there. And Jamin Davis, look, he looks like a rookie at times, at, at times a lot. Um, this offense has not been, or defense has not been very good, but 
I think offensively they can kind of make up for so some of those inefficiencies. George mentioned some of the injuries. I understand that, but they do still feature Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson in a line that is pushing people around at a pretty well rate. So yeah, the defense hasn't been that great, but it really can only go up from here. You would think, I mean, the saints do feature a tough run game though. So it does not, it's not an easy task this week, no doubt. But a nice Towson General's shirt with the Washington Monument in the background. So now I'm all confused what city you're in. Dave Preston. Well, I think that the defense has a long road ahead of itself this fall. They Right now, they are. it's the classic case of a, a, the whole not being equal to the sum of its parts. They uh, rank 30th in the NFL in points allowed, 29th in yards surrendered, 29th in passing yards given up, 27th in passing efficiency. 32nd and getting off the field on third down. Obviously, they're focusing too much on that run defense that ranks 17th. But uh, until they have a statement game defensively, I have given up on this Washington football team's defense that was so, you know, hyped in the offseason. And justifiably so. They carried this team to the postseason last year. And you thought that a year older, another year working with the uh, Jack Del Rio's defense in those concepts with a little more talent here and there on this roster, they would be even better this year. They've not been, and they played a, a New York Giants team that somehow that can't get out of its way, and they gave up, uh, you, know, uh, you know, 29 points to them. They uh, gave up 30 points to a Falcons team that has looked bad as well. The 20 points they gave up to the Chargers, I think that's a mirage because – if Los Angeles wanted to score 30, they probably would have. Uh, and, you know, you look at the Bills who wanted to score 40 points plus, and they did. So until we see a really good effort, this defense is, you know, back to the days of the last, uh, the waning days of Jay Gruden's uh, defense that couldn't get out of its way and uh, couldn't get in the opponent's way. So big test this Sunday. Saints, as I think uh, you know, we've mentioned, uh, they're a very good run team, seventh in the uh, NFL running the football. They're also very good at moving the uh, chains, sixth, 44.7%. That is one thing that Washington does not do well on both sides of the ball. And until they do, we call them a contender. And technically they are in the playoffs at two and two but they're not a playoff team at this time. Yeah, we believe that they would have a chance this year, I think, or correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that the defense would, again, be the defense we thought it would be, and the offense would do just enough, and that would be the formula for success. I, I know you can't just take one snapshot, but I, I think when it was clear, we're going to have some feel-good moments like we did again Sunday, thanks to, to Taylor Heineke. But that first touchdown they gave up against the Falcons, at that point I thought, wow, are we in for some turbulence? Because you talk about blown coverage. It didn't look like anybody in the Washington defense was in the same building as the Falcons. And, and that's, that's a concern going forward because we've had four weeks of this. And at some point it, it's not just discipline problems, Rob Woodford. And actually just to further that point, they've given up a score on each on the opening possession of each of their four games. And that is problematic right there because they're starting off uh, you know, from behind. And uh, a couple of years ago, that was a big problem where they would dig these big holes, they would fight out, and then uh, they couldn't get their way all, all the way out. Um, and to uh, uh, bolster uh, George's point from a while ago, uh, road teams actually have won more games this yep. season in the NFL, 33 and 31 uh, so far this season. So, you know, home field advantage is kind of a, a misnomer these days. But 
the big thing for me is turnovers because Washington has not generated very many on defense. And usually if you're giving up a bunch of yardage, then, you know, you should be able to offset that by taking the ball away. They've only got two takeaways and, uh, and they have one of the worst uh, um, uh, turnover differentials in the league. And meanwhile, and you wouldn't think this for a team quarterbacked by Jameis Winston, the saints are plus five. That's tied for second in the league in turnover differential. So they are going to have to get bad Jameis. That's the really, to me, the only way they win it because all two and two teams are not all created equal. And uh, I think that anybody would objectively say that from a talent standpoint, the saints are the better team. Washington has to offset that by taking the football away. That would be the great equalizer and maybe even give them the advantage. Well, and uh, George, I mean, that, uh, you know, that plays in, you have to believe this, this front line for Washington is going to show up at some point. And this seems like it would be a perfect week for this to happen. Yeah, you would think, uh, you know, enough with the talking. I mean, we talk about it all the time. These guys, the get right stuff and you got to do this and everybody's got to get on the same page. Ron Rivera is talking about simplifying things for me. It's, you know, it's when, when it's up front like that. And now granted, I'm not even close to being playing in this, in this league or whatever, but, you know, it, it, it's like, do you want it at that point? Like if you're in there in the trenches, you got to get after these guys. You got to, you got to want it at some point. It's not about scheme. You know, it's about like just making plays. You are who you think you are and who you want to say you are with Dennis green. They are, who we thought we were, they are whatever you got to make it happen. You just have to do it. And you would think um, at some point they just, they, they have to get it done, especially now with the injuries. On the back side, Dave, to your point, the front line's got to make things happen. All right, quickly, who wins Sunday, you think? I think Washington has a shot. I just don't yeah. think they do it. I mean, do they have a chance to win? Yes. Do they, you know, because of uh, you, you, the a Saints team that is, you know, missing, obviously, Michael Thomas. It's not the Drew Brees. They're coming off a loss. Um, but I just haven't seen anything yet from this Washington team that gives me belief that Jameis Winston's that they're going to beat Jameis Winston on Sunday. I don't think they get it done. So they lose. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do. I'd be a terrible game show host. I missed the answer. All right. <laughs> Dave Preston, final thought on Sunday's game and your prediction. Yeah, I just I, I don't see the uh, I don't see Washington winning Sunday. I mean, we've seen a, a lot of different things this fall, but it, it's that blowtorch through butter defense that they employ in, in, in that first quarter. That it just it's. It, it's not as soul sucking as that one drive was a couple weeks ago against Buffalo where they had the ball for almost nine minutes. But I think until you put together a great effort defensively, they're not going to be able to stop teams. And I think they can keep pace, uh, say with an Atlanta, say with the New York giants, those are two really bad teams in my opinion. And I think, I I think the Saints are just a little bit better. I'm not saying the Saints are world beaters, but I I think the Saints are more in that middle tier of clubs that could become playoff contenders as opposed to the Falcons and the Giants who are definitely pretenders. And I think uh, it's going to be – if if Taylor Heineke has to uh, be in a shootout, good luck. But I I, I just don't – I don't feel confident in this team uh, making the right plays on both sides of the ball, especially defensively. This upcoming Sunday. All right, so that's and here's a the other thing, guys. Too, it's like it, it's it's real quick. It's you know, you well, to, to, to Dave's point before. You know, defense win games, offense doesn't understand it. Now you're asking offense, you have to score 35 points a game each week to win games. No, it's not going to happen. 
Right. And I think, and I think the defense is even worse off without John Boston in there. He was, he was an underrated guy who made a lot of plays without him in that. And their linebacking core has been a sore spot this fall. It'll be sore if that makes sense Sunday. And got the what Jalen Smith just got cut uh, in Dallas. Uh, I mean, that mm-hmm. wouldn't be a bad addition. I don't know how it is as a football fit or if there's, you know, some behind the scenes uh, factor that led to his release. But uh, as of this taping, uh, he's still available. And he's a guy that I think would be a great addition to this defense. All right. Well, we got you. Your final thought on this game and prediction. Uh, I'm going to say Saints win 27-24. It's, I mean, just like we've been saying, I I, got to see this defense play well to believe it. And it's going to require them to take the ball away. They're going to have to get stops on third down. And we haven't seen them do either of those things to date. Chief, Big Chief, promo code Big Chief, B-I-G-C-H-E-E, if you listen to WTOP. Final thought and prediction. Going with the Saints winning this game 24 to 20. I have it going under as well as I think both teams really tried to establish the run. And we saw the Saints getting it done last week um, with uh, with Taysom Hill running it in twice. And I think they try to do that again, mix it up with Kamara. And maybe you see finally Jared Patterson more into the mix. J.D. McKissick has had a huge role in this game with this team, too. Um, But I think it's going to be more of the run. Listen, you're not going to – Marshawn Lattimore coming into last week, he got kind of torched by the Giants, but he was the number one rated corner, according to Pro Football Focus, coming into that game. You don't want to test him all game. So I think uh, Washington tries to run it, and it goes uh, under. 24-20. All right, uh, because I'm not afraid to, to make a fool of myself because I actually have Washington going to the playoffs because I bought into the defense uh, belief and that the, the offense would do just enough. And I once uh, wore a gorilla suit when I was a disc jockey in a nightclub near your place, uh, Cockeysville, Maryland, uh, Chris Chiang. Uh-huh. She's probably still a legend up there. So I'm not afraid to, to, to go ahead and make a fool of myself. I'm going to say Washington <laughs> 24-20. Uh, last week I had the defense getting right. I, I believe it's got to be better. And I think it, but it's only going to happen as Rob pointed out, if, if they create some turnovers and then Taylor Heineken and company do just enough to get the win. And if not, I'll resign like any good responsible person. Well, next to week. be, to be fair, yeah, I might just wear the suit. Yeah. I might just wear the suit. If you lose, just wear the suit next week. And, and to, be, to be fair, you're not out of it yet. Like it, once they hit seven losses, right. they surpass seven losses, then right. you have to do something. Yeah, but the, the problem yeah, is now least, the NFL is, is expanded to a 23-week season, so I can't even do the math on, yeah. on how many how many games we're playing. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about defense. A lot of focus. It's been a disappointing year for Chase Young. So uh, should we revisit? That's what we do in sports, revisit drafts, the 2020 draft. Uh, Washington could have had Justin Herbert. He's probably still throwing touchdown passes. Had three in the first half, for goodness sakes, last week. Rob, should we revisit the mistake now in hindsight to take Chase Young, your your thoughts? I mean, uh, here's the thing, though. Uh, I think Chase Young has more value beyond what he does on the field. And it's not just the fact that he's a local guy and he's the face of the franchise for all intents and purposes. It seems like he's got a, a, a sort of a leadership role on that defense where He's considered sort of the heart and soul of that unit. Now, that doesn't sound so great at the moment because they're not performing well, but uh, that is a guy that, you know, could develop into a leader, uh, not unlike a a Ray Lewis, I guess, uh, to to some extent. So if um, 
I, I just think he has more value if they found something in um, he has more value to this particular franchise is what I mean to say, right. as opposed to anywhere else, like with the lions or wherever he would have fallen to had Washington not taken him. So um, I, I, I love Justin Herbert. I think that this kid is special, but if Washington is able to get their franchise, let's put it this way. When, once we get to their the end of their rookie contracts, we're going to know the answer to this question. If Chase Young is still not performing at the level that we expect him to, and uh, Herbert has MVPs to his credit, then that's a big miss by Washington. But if they're both dominate, dominated, or, or at least performing in comparable fashion at their respective positions, then I, I think Washington did the right thing. And again, uh, Herbert was what? He was the third quarterback taken i think right yeah i mean Tua, Tua would have gone before him too if you're redoing it right now and it's you you weren't going to pick chase or herbert i mean that's just the funny thing about us yeah okay if you're seeing it play out it was herbert a franchise quarterback sure you'd love to have him but at the draft at the time it was chase young herbert was the third quarterback it wasn't going to if i think if washington was going to do another take a quarterback it was going to be Tua. right at that point i mean as far as as far as the, the, the way that the draft had played out or the quote unquote experts. So for me, I'm like, Rob, at this point, you know, everybody was taking chase. That was a no brainer at that point. And, you know, as of to this point, it hasn't worked out. No, but same time, you can, you can go back and do this for every draft and every sport. Right. So, Oh yeah. No, believe me. I know that they pressed it. Right. I feel that chase young has a chance to be a top five defensive player in the league. I think that Justin Herbert is safely a top 10 quarterback his ceiling is there so I have no problems with how things shook out last year because part of me after seeing this team for 20 plus years who's to say that if they trade down and bring in her Justin Herbert that he doesn't get the correct coaching and things don't work for him here because so many quarterbacks are privy to the franchise that takes them. You look at uh, what has happened with the New York Jets. They draft a guy, things don't work out. They draft a new guy, things don't work out. It, it, it's a vicious cycle. Even here in Washington, we've had guys from Patrick Ramsey to uh, you know Robert Griffin III, who did not work out long-term, to Dwayne Haskins just a couple of years ago. So even though there's the new culture in place with Ron Rivera, who's to say that if the Burgundy and Golden taken Justin Herbert last year, that he wouldn't be an absolute mess because of things not under his control. So I, I'm, I'm happy with the course that they took. I think that you can still find a franchise quarterback uh, next year in the draft. And uh, I think, but it is important for Washington to find that franchise quarterback instead of just going year to year with band-aid after band-aid on a gash. Also, I think it bears. Uh, I also think it bears pointing out that Chase Young got out to a slow start last season too, and we were asking kind of a similar question at this point of last season, and then he came on toward the end of the year. So maybe he's just one of those guys that starts season slow and then uh, goes to a burn toward the end of the season. But we don't think franchise quarterback Taylor Heineke is the next Tom Brady. That's that's given. That's off the table. No, uh, I, th- yeah. I think I think more along that, and I've used this before, but I think he best case scenario maybe a Kurt Warner situation. Yeah. yeah, he reminds me at times of Doug Flutie. He's a, he's just a blame yeah. winner and can pull things um, out, but long term we know that doesn't work. But it's it's going to be a fun ride with him because we one thing we know 
to Ron Rivera's statement, it's never over when you have Taylor Heineke out there. And that could be both good and bad. Chi, your thoughts. Do uh, you revisit the draft? Is it a pointless question? Your thoughts? No, I think it stirs good debate here. Let's not forget, though, that we were all kind of, I don't know if we were necessarily feeling Dwayne Haskins, but he was the bona fide, probably unquestioned starter going into 2020. Okay, you draft Justin Herbert. What do we reset the position once again? So I, I think they were in a spot where we Chase Young was the consensus number two player in the draft, and they took him. Now, you look in hindsight, there's some offensive tackles that they could have taken. Jedrick Willis, uh, who's playing for Cleveland right now. Then you've got Mekhi Becton. He's hurt for the Jets, but he was dominant when he was playing. Tristan Warps for the Buccaneers. Those were all drafted in like the 9 to 12 slot. Okay, would the town have been upset if they were taking an offensive tackle at number two position? Probably. So, um, Justin Herbert's been great, but guys like Joel Clad, who I tremend or uh, respect tremendously in terms of their analysis, said Justin Herbert they wouldn't touch him whatsoever in the first round. He had his question mark coming out of Oregon a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes these guys, the situation plays out. Herbert's behind a great off. I'll call him great. Yeah, they contained that Raiders D line on Monday night. Herbert's in a fortunate position right now, and uh, he's looking great. I mean, he's he's athletically he's skilled, but he's also in a good spot. Yeah, well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Look, I should have had the guts to ask a girl in ninth grade dance, and I didn't, and I'm still bothered <laughs> hey. by that. So many years the old ball coach said hindsight's 50-50. That's right. <laughs> God, I miss him. Gentlemen, oh, gentlemen, hate to break in. I've got to uh, tag up and uh, head to home to do the 115 sports cast before real, real I do. Real quick, you're a contender. Or go yeah. ahead, real quick. Okay, well, just something I wanted to touch base on, talking about tagging up and, and heading for home. Isn't it awesome that we see more than a few former Washington Nationals in the playoffs this week? Kyle Schwarber with a big home run for the Boston Red Sox. Max Scherzer starting for the Los Angeles Dodgers. John Lester not starting for the Cardinals because that would be too much fun for us. It's a bummer the way the season ended, but uh, well, it wasn't uh, the October of 2019 beyond awesome, and we can still have those memories even though just about everybody's moved on. And I will move on, Jen. I think you would say wicked awesome. Is, is yeah. All right. Yes, indeed. We have baseball. Po yeah, all the Nationals are in the postseason just now with the Nationals. Great uh, turn. Let's not forget Trey no, Turner. And so we had uh, Trey Turner. We had Bryce Harper. We had a dynamite. Well, anyway, that's a whole nother. That's another show. Yeah. That's, another, that's another show. All right. Uh, where are we? G G Pretender or contender? Rob Woodfork's great column NFL recap on Mondays. He, he stirred this up. Uh, do you have a, 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 a team you want to highlight as a contender, a pretender that's that's already out punched its weight? I'll call the Cleveland Browns still a contender. Baker Mayfield has played almost, I mean, he had like the worst grade out of any quarterback starting this past week. But I mentioned uh, drafting an offensive tackle in the first round. Wills, he's banged up a little bit ankle injury-wise right now, but they're an offensive line that can push you in this defense is Ben, but no break for the Browns. So I really like their prospects. Uh, a pretender, I'll go with the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I love what they're doing, but Cliff Kingsbury, I would say, is somebody who I think makes in-game bad decisions, and that could cost them. Plus, Kyler Murray, phenomenal player. I hope, obviously, he stays healthy for the entire season. But I said earlier, 17-week season, 18-week season. Actually, they're playing 17 games. Does he hold up? For the entire stretch of the way, I'm not so sure about that. So I'm not ready to totally buy into the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. All right, Rob, your column. 
Uh, I will say the biggest pretender is the Cincinnati Bengals. How they're three and one right now is just mystifying. Uh, they and the Denver Broncos have had the softest start to uh, schedule wise. They've had a really soft schedule, and uh, that's why they are three and one. Um, the uh, contender, I, it's hard to bet against the Baltimore Ravens right now. I mean, they have been really playing well. Uh, these last three weeks, even though they have the litany of injuries and uh, and they're starting to get some of these guys back. So I think Baltimore is uh, is one to watch, especially with Pittsburgh sort of fading out of the picture. It's uh, really a two horse race between uh, the uh, the Cleveland Browns and the team that used to be the Cleveland Browns. Now, in the Baltimore Ravens, I'll, I'll go with you on that one, because and, and just John Harbaugh is just to me a heck of a coach and they've got a heck of a program. Uh, up there to use the, the college vernacular. And, and I think that uh, they've won in some difficult uh, you know, spots. You go on the road, you get the victories they've been able to claim, how they pulled it out. And, and let's face it, you have Justin Tucker who kicks 70-yard field goals in warm-ups. Don't discount that when it seems like every NFL game is coming down this season to the final kick. George, did we get your pretender or contender or your thought? Yeah, real quick, and then we get back into practice. I'm going Cardinals as a pretender. I'm kind of with, uh, with you on that just because I'm not buying in fully yet. I mean, how about the Bills? I mean, these guys, I mean, these guys are for real. I mean, Josh Allen throwing four touchdowns a game. They're scoring 35, 40 points a game. That's a, and that's a good defense, too, that they've got over there. So I'm going Buffalo on that. And to your point about that Buffalo defense, uh, they've pitched two shutouts in the first four weeks of the season. The last, the only two teams to do that, 1991 Washington football team, yeah, 2000 Baltimore Ravens, which to date is still the best defense I have ever seen in my life. So that is some really good company. And both of those teams ended up winning the championship. You're going to say history right. served those teams well. <laughs> Speaking of history, we're history for this week on the DC Sports Huddle. <laughs> for the Towson General, Chris Chion, he's always been a general to us, or maybe even an admiral. George Wallace, Dave Preston has got to work for a living. Rob Woodfork, I'm Dave Johnson. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Break.